Live from the studios of KTAR News 92.3 FM, it's the Whitfield Nursery Garden Show with Brian Whitfield. Everything you need to know to grow. Call Brian with your questions at 602-277-5827. That's 602-277-5827. The Whitfield Nursery Garden Show, now on KTAR News 92.3 FM and the KTAR News app. Good morning, Arizona. Welcome back. I just told John Roller off the air that, you know, he doesn't know how accurate that traffic school thing was at one point in time. I, uh, I had a couple Corvettes in my life, but uh, I also drove a 1940 Dodge pickup to the U of A. It only went 45 miles an hour. But anyway, welcome back to the Whitfield Nursery Garden Show, where we do have four lines open. The number to call, 602-277-5827. 277-KTR, give Judy a call. We can talk about the landscape of your dreams, your nightmares what to grow, how to grow it. If you have a solution for us for all years, we have a lot to learn. And if you have something fun, different, you're growing at home, we'd love to hear from you as well. Ryan and Chandler, good morning. Good morning, Brian. Hey, I appreciate you taking my call. Uh, My question this morning is about mule palms. I bought about six mule palms from you uh, anywhere from a year and a half to two years ago, and they look amazing. Uh, But I have one it's kind of bronzing almost the the outer uh branches are kind of turning a bronze and then ultimately just brown and dying it's kind of working its way towards the middle of the plant the middle you know the it's got some shoots that are green but it's progressively getting worse is there anything i can do to stop this you know what i would do with it right now um ryan is fertilize it and you might try some of the uh, monterey disease control uh fungicide on it and if you just stop by the nursery uh you uh, did you get them from our gilbert store yeah, yeah. Just, just stop by the nursery and see Gabe, Gabe or Jennifer or someone there, and they'll give you the products for it. And uh, the one thing that I really liked about the mule palms, and we've really only done a lot of them, they used to be super expensive. And, and now that they're more available, it's a lot better. But uh, they seem to know how to die with dignity. And, you know, like one out of a hundred of them, they just die, you know. And, and the good parts, you know, you're not fighting this thing that's lingering forever. So, you know, we'll, we'll guarantee them for you and work with you on them. But, um, yeah, do just, uh, you know, go stop by the nursery. They'll give you some Monterey disease control and some fertilizer. Now's the perfect time to, to go after it. It's just warming up. And it, it should fix yeah. itself within the next couple months or not. Okay. Yeah, I, I mean, I fertilized last weekend. And okay. Out of the six, five of them, they're the most beautiful palm trees I've ever had. I, they're just so dark green and grow so nice. Yeah, it's, I, I highly recommend it. And I'll, I'll come get some of that uh, fungicide. Yeah, you can give it a try, you know, but it's just odd, you know, and, and it seems to me that w- when they die, they just die. You know, those are uh, <laughs> okay. basically hand-crossed, pollinated between a pindo palm and a queen palm. And so, right. you know, they're fresh genetics. I mean, it's just a cross. They're individually, it can, can vary quite a bit and uh, when they're grown from seed. So, but anyway, uh, stop by and see them. Try some out. If it decides to go the way of the wild goose, uh, then we have more. <laughs> okay. Well, that's right. good to know. Thanks, Thanks for your help. Bye-bye. Ah, uh, let's see. That leaves us with wide open phones. Actually, the first time today, I think, since we've been on the air that we have wide open phones. It's kind of unusual. Normally, we start off the program uh, pretty slow, and then it gets really busy. But I'll tell you a little, little kicker here, folks, is that, you know, in the last uh, 15 minutes, we always get bombed with calls. So if you want to get on... 
the program today. It's the perfect time to give Julia a call. It's a beautiful morning out there. You know, such a fun studio we have here. I can sit out here and I can look over the, the peaks and sunny slope and see a few climbers up there already that have already made it up to the apex of the hills. Probably a little early for hunting chuckawallas today, but uh, hopefully there's still some up there. And uh, such a beautiful environment we live here in the valley. And, uh, you know, it's just fantastic how this valley's developed. And, you know, we never would have envisioned growing up here that we'd ever have a population like we do today. And the critical thing is how we manage water. You know, we're, we're here in a place where the water's been managed and the canals have been dug for thousands of years. Some parts of Arizona, the oldest continually farm grant in, in uh, North America. Um, so there's a lot of, you know, farming here in the, in the United States that uh, it's been here for three, four, five thousand years. And most of the older farms are right here in the state, down by Tucson along the river. Anyway, back to the phone. Stephen Scottsdale. Good morning, Stephen. Good morning, Brian. Thanks for taking my call. Uh, before I was a regular listener to your show, I gave my orange tree a very bad haircut a couple of years ago, exposed the uh, bark of the tree, and uh, I have apologized many times over, fertilized, watered, had a wonderful crop this year. Last year, only a few oranges, but this year, wonderful. But the uh, bark of the tree on many of the ascending branches has peeled significantly and i'm wondering if there's a way that i can uh cover it or paint it or what you would recommend yeah you should certainly cover it and paint it um you know you can get the tar type tree heel if it's dead all down all the way down the bark's completely gone and you can just seal yeah. the wood up with that though if with the, with the tar did you say yeah it's the kind of the kind it's called tree heel it comes in a you know a quart yeah. or a gallon can and you just put it on with a spatula and whenever i okay. used to do it i used to sometimes take a paper bag and put on the outside of it to make it so that uh-huh. it didn't look like it was patched you know the paper bags uh seem to be a similar color to the original tree bark but sure, the real good. the real key is is letting the tree grow back and where those little shoots and suckers come out, let it just come back into a bush, and it should protect okay. itself and cover it up. And if it's been two years, I mean, I would suspect that it's been trying pretty hard to cover and protect itself, and just let it do so. Let it grow back as a bush. You know, don't worry about raising the branches up or any kind of special you know shape or form. Just let it come back so it can protect itself. You know, that's nature's way of defending itself is by putting out new shoots and. All those little shoots and sprouts you're going to see come out from buds in different places of the tree where you might not think they're the most aesthetically appealing. Let them grow for a while. Even if you just okay. grow them out like 10 or 12 inches and then just kip, cut the tip of them off, that foliage is what protects the tree. Yeah. Well, it's, it's some pretty significant uh, bark damage. And if I put the tree heel on, and then would you suggest also that painting it? Did I well, you can say, paint or? it, yeah, with the white tree trunk paint if you like yeah, to, or you yeah. can get the natural color. Either one's fine. But what okay. I'm really telling you to do, most importantly, Steve, is quit yeah. quit cleaning the little sh- little shoots off. Let those yeah, little shoots off. grow everywhere. Let, it, let them grow on the tree. Let the tree protect itself, because naturally it will grow back into a full bushy tree again. Good. Uh, that is so helpful. I appreciate all that you uh, offer. It's just a joy. Thanks so much. Thanks for being part of the program. Bye, Steve. Leo in North Scottsdale. Good morning, Leo. Yeah, hi, Brian. Thanks for taking my call. I've got a question. My mesquite trees, it's not all of them. It's just one or two of them. The lower branches dry up and die. They become very brittle. And there's no sap or any signs of anything happening it's just like they're dead and 
they don't get leaves. Well, you know, if the tree canopy's thick enough on top, Leo, it's natural for them to shed some of the lower foliage. But to the point where the branches die? Well, eventually, yeah, because the tree, you know, if you go out hiking in the desert, one of my favorite ironwood trees is down by our ranch or farm down in Hyder, and it's at the convergence of two big washes. And if you go under this ironwood tree, which is probably 40 feet tall and 30 or 40 feet wide, you'll see all the interior branches that have kind of just fallen off and settled under the tree. And because it's out in nature, where the only thing that goes underneath it is the javelina and deer, um, you can see where they've kind of pushed some branches out of the way. But all those interior and all that lower foliage on these native, you know, desert trees is all going to eventually shed off. When you go out and hike around Palo Verde trees and things, they won't have lower limbs on them either as they're mature because they're not, you know, really useful to the tree anymore. They're not photosynthesizing. They're not pushing the tree. So for them to shed those lower branches is quite natural. Okay. One other quick question. What's the best fertilizer for geraniums? Um, probably the easiest one to, to, to bloom in general is super bloom. That's the one that's the most common. It's real high super in phosphorus bloom. and it's low in nitrogen. You'll keep the blooming up better. And it's, it's balanced enough that it'll keep, uh, you know, it's got all the minor ingredients in manganese, zinc, iron, all those kind of things. And, uh, you'll get more color, a little less growth and a, and a fuller plant. Uh, the only thing with geraniums, you have to kind of clean them out and deadhead them, but, um, it's a fantastic uh, fertilizer for them. Okay. Thank you, Brian. Thanks for the show. Hey, hey Leo, one other idea on that fertilizing geranium. So if you want to fertilize once and not do it as often, you can use uh, Osmocote. And that will last for two or three months if you don't want to. You know, if you really want to grow the showiest geraniums, use the Super Bloom. If you're happy with just nice-looking geraniums, use Osmocote. It'll be easier. Okay, how often should I be uh, fertilizing with Super Bloom? Well, that you'd, you'd probably use, like, you know, and if you're growing them in containers, you'd use it once every two weeks. Once if, every two if weeks. If you grow okay. them in the ground, you'd use it once a month. The Osmocote in containers, you could use once every 90 days. Okay, appreciate it. Thanks, Leo. Thanks again. Bye-bye. We're going to take a short break. We're going to come back with Paula, Larry, and Ken, and then you could be after them on the Whitfield Nursery Garden Show. All you have to do is give Julia a call in the break. The number to call, 602-277-5827, 277-KTAR. Eastern world, it is exploding, violence flaring, bullets loading. You're old enough to kill, but not for voting. You don't believe in war, but what's that gun you're toting? And even the Jordan River has bodies floating, but you tell me over and over and over again, my friend. I you don't believe we're on the eve of destruction Don't you understand what I'm trying to say? Can't you feel the fears I'm feeling today? If the button is pushed, there's no running away. There'll be no one to save with the world in a grave. Take a look around you, boy. It's bound to scare you, boy. And you tell me over and over and over again, my friend. 
I don't believe we're on the eve of destruction. Yeah, my blood's so mad, feels like coagulating. I'm sitting here just contemplating. I can't twist the truth, it knows no regulation. Handful of senators don't pass legislation. And marches alone can't bring integration. When human respect is disintegrating, this whole crazy world is just too frustrating. And you. Tell me over and over and over again, my friend. I don't believe we're on the eve of destruction. Think of all the hate there is in Red China. Then take a look around to Selma, Alabama. You may leave here for four days in space, but when you return, it's the same old place. The pounding of the drums, the pride and disgrace. You can bury your dead, but don't leave a trace. Hate your next door neighbor, but don't forget to say grace and tell me. Over and over and over and over again, my friend. You don't believe we're on the eve of destruction. Well, welcome back, folks. And, uh, you know, it's amazing how songs come and go and... uh Time doesn't seem to change sometimes. Anyway, welcome back to the Whitfield Nursery Garden Show. We'll get right to the phones where it looks like the lines are almost full. Paula in Phoenix, good morning. Hi, Brian. How are you doing? Great, Paula. How are you? Good. Uh, Hey, I have a big, beautiful mulberry tree in my front yard. And about, I want to say four or five years ago, it started losing, like, really big limbs. Like, not losing them, but really big limbs would die. And I happened to be dating, well, I, I first I called an arborist, which kind of insulted the guy that I was dating because he was a landscaper. <laughs> and so the, the arborist came out, and they, uh, unfortunately I wasn't there, and I, I didn't talk to them. But they said it had some disease, and it had like 30% chance of living, and they said, don't trim it. Just let it grow. Don't even pull the suckers off with that. You know, kind of kills me because I love to have a, you know, well-groomed tree. But my boyfriend then dug some sand pits and put some fertilizer down in there. Mm-hmm. And, you know, this was a few years ago. Right. So every once in a while, I, I have to trim some big branches off, but I haven't really trimmed it a whole lot. But I'm wondering what is, like, the best fertilizer I could put on it. It's still alive, and mm-hmm. it looks better than any other mulberry in my neighborhood, um, so, frankly. Sounds like you but, had a um, nice boyfriend there who maybe he's a little head of the arborist, huh? <laughs> um, yeah, but we, we didn't break up, not because of that, but <laughs> we did break up. Uh, you know, things change. Well, hopefully you're but, still friends, but at any rate... Um, we are friends. You know, the, 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 the real key is, is you know, mulberries typically live here about 30 to 40 years. You know, 25 probably is, is you know, kind of normal for them to pass away. But... If you water them and if you give them extra attention, you certainly can increase their their lifespan. Uh, is it in lawn or rock? What's around the tree, Paula? 
it's long. And, and I've lived in this house for, this is the 24th year. And, was it, and big? it was big and beautiful before I even got here. Okay. So. so the real key is going to be fertilization and deep watering. Uh, you can prune it back. Do you have any black powdery things in the tree where the bark's falling off and it's black and powdery underneath? Um, there is a little bit of bark that kind of looks funny, mm-hmm. but I don't know about black powder. Well, you, you, you would notice it, especially if you live with the okay. tree that long. So, um, you could prune it back and this is a good time of year to prune it back. Um, if you have somebody coming to prune it, you don't want them following up pruning a sick mulberry somewhere else, but if they would come and sterilize their saws and then prune it back, that would be fine. And that might be in order if it's a big old tree like that. And then as far as, a, you know, the good deep fertilizing, that's fantastic. And you can do that right now. Uh, a good citrus food, like the Organo Pro citrus food, would be fine. But probably even just like a 21714 lawn fertilizer would work very well. And uh, okay. so fertilize it right now. If you want to prune it, this is the time to do it. Make sure that if somebody comes and prunes it, that you watch them sterilize their tools. That's just bleach, you know, bleach in a sponge okay. or bleach in a scrounge. But, you know, sterilize any any tools you're going to use to cut on it. And, um, you know, that good deep fertilizing. And then make sure when you water, how do you water the tree? Um, In the summer, you know, during the months where it's not dormant, like I don't really water much, mm-hmm. uh, you know, after the leaves fall and all that stuff. But now is the time that I would start to water like maybe once a month. Okay. And more, maybe a little more in the summer. Because um, yeah, I have a citrus tree and if I, I can tell when I need to water it because the leaves will start to curl a little bit and then I deep water both of them. Okay. So, you know, pretty much you want to make sure in the heat of the summer, you know, when it's 110 plus, that it's getting watered heavy every two weeks. And if we have a really okay. tough summer like we did a couple years ago where it was 115 every day for a month with no rain, no humidity, then you'd water it once a week, you know, if it was really, really hot like that. And then in the wintertime, yeah. the spring and the fall when you're watering, just like I say, once a month's ideal. But I, I would say go to a once every two weeks watering the second week of June and keep that up through August um, in a normal year. Okay, and if we have an ex- extremely hot year like we did before, you know, the 115, 118 degree temperatures, then you would water it extra because it does transpire a lot of moisture with all those big leaves, but it gives you a lot of shade as well. And and, and I think you're doing very well with it, Paula. Oh, yeah, I'm happy that it's still alive. It really is a great, it's a great tree. But oh. uh, I'm curious, what do you think of Job's spikes? Um, I, I just not one of my favorites, I guess, you know, the thing about it is they release at different points of time. You know, I know when I put a fertilizer on, like if it's a 21714 lawn fertilizer, I know it's going to work fast. Okay. Job spikes release over a longer period of time, which can be a good thing. You know, you could also use like a citrus fertilizer that's coated. That's going to, you know, release slower. Probably the healthiest thing you could do for that tree would be utilize malarganite, which is human waste from the beer drinkers out of Wisconsin. And if you would fertilize your lawn with malarganite, you know, just the whole lawn, that would be the best thing uh-huh. for that tree. And that will last, yeah. that'll last about 90 days. And you could do that a couple of times. Your lawn will be beautiful and so will your tree. Okay. So for the fertilizer, would I do it the same as my citrus, but three times a year? Well, you can, but you know, the citrus don't know that you do them three times a year, how often you do them. You know, like in our citrus groves, we have to be organic because we're certifying organic. So we use like chicken manure and liquid, liquid chicken and, and, you know, fish and stuff like that. So we're fertilizing, you know, pretty much in the growing season, you know, three, four, five times. We have to cut off because we have our harvest date. So we can't have any of the organic fertilizer out in the field within 90 days. 
days of our harvest and things like that. But uh, oh. we get about a pretty big dose of organic fertilizer and, uh, you know, it works well. You know, you don't have to do that for your mulberry tree. And it doesn't care. Like I say, if it gets 21, 7, 14 lawn fertilizer, that's fine. But the very best fertilizer, I think, to have a really healthy condition out there would be to use the beer drinker from, well, you know, Wisconsin, the Malarganite, and put that on right now and then put it on again like in April and probably once again in the middle of summer. Yeah. Okay. Thanks, Paula. Thanks a lot. Bye-bye. Uh, Larry and Mesa. Good morning, Larry. Good morning. How are you? Great, sir. Hey, I got a question. I uh, how to get rid of oleander stumps. I cut down about a half a dozen thirty-year-old uh, oleanders. And now I need to get rid of the stumps. Well, the surest way is to dig them out, Larry. <laughs> I mean, that's kind of. <laughs> oh, I, I was afraid you'd say that. Yeah, you can cut them off and brush them with. You know, if they're actively growing, you can cut them off and you can brush them with some of the stump killer. It will kill them, but then they're still going to be there. You know. And uh, if you have access for, like, a little mini excavator or something, then you could rent something and have fun digging them out if you can get it in your yard. All righty. Uh, yeah, I did put some uh, uh, ground clear on them, and uh, I'm not sure that's doing any good. But. Well, be careful with those kind of chemicals, because, like, the ground clear and those things, uh, problem being is they go in the soil and they last for a lot longer than you would want them to. You know, if you want to plant something huh. back there, you have to wait a year or two. Oh, uh, they go in the soil like through the roots. I mean, I no, they I'm go careful the, not to get it on the ground. Okay, no, if if you just put it on the brushed it on the trunks, it might not be so bad. But um, yeah, I just spray, did a spot yeah. spray around the yeah. trunks and the green stuff. Yeah, if you spray it, if you spray it on the uh, on the ground, though, it can be a problem. Yeah. All right. Well, I just water them and uh, start digging. <laughs> All right. Thanks, Larry. Get them in the winter Thank before you. it gets too hot. Bye bye. Uh, Ken and Gilbert. Good morning, Ken. Hi, Brian. Good morning. How are you? Excellent. And you, sir? Very good, thanks. I have two sex Texas sage bushes. They're kind of bare around the bottoms. Can I trim those back now? Absolutely, Ken. Now, what you'll want to do if you want them to come back faster, though, is leave, like, one portion of the plant taller. So prune back 70% of it, leave one piece alone. As soon as those rebud and start to fill out in the bottom, then cut the other piece off. And that, oh, I see. Okay. And come back sooner. How far can I go down? Well, pretty pretty far. I mean, you want, if you want to cut them down to eight inches tall, and just but like I say, if you're going to do that, leave the one piece up tall so it can keep feeding the plant. And then when the other portion rebuds and cut it off. Okay, good. And how about fertilizer? Uh, you don't want to fertilize them too much if you're cutting them, you know, and you okay. probably won't need a lot. So after they start regrowing and they're back and they have some new foliage on them, if you want to feed them, be fine. All right, great. Thanks, Ken. Thank you. Thank have you. a good day. You too. Well, it looks like we're sliding in here to news time, so we'll uh, remind you that we do have two lines open. We're to come back with Margaret and Daisy and Gus and somebody who's ringing and one more. And uh, it's Julian Bryan here every Saturday, Sunday morning from 7 to 9 on 92.3 FM. Uh, this beautiful little station called KTR. We get to look out the mountains at the mountains in Sunny Slope. Be right back after the news with Mr. John Roller.
to play today. My heart goes out for all those who are living in pain, and I can only hope that things will get better. Peace talks are supposed to be happening today, so if we can all just pray for a little peace on earth, I think we'd be in a lot better place. Well, thank you, Julia. Next up, we've got Margaret in Sin City. Hi, Margaret. Hi. Hi. I, I have relatives who are harvesting my citrus fruit. And they do not want me to fertilize now. They feel the fertilizer goes into the fruit and would harm them. Is there any- <laughs> well, you could, I guess you could use fish emulsion or something. They, they do eat fish, right? Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, you, you know, it's not. there's nothing toxic in the fertilizer you're going to put on. Okay, if you're going to use like a, a citrus food like Organo Pro or Arizona's Best, any one of the, there's nothing toxic right. in that fertilizer at all. Um, but you know what? Here's the other thing, Margaret. To to appease them, it's not going to hurt to wait and fertilize the tree a little later. So if, if you know if you're going to wait a month and fertilize a month from now, the tree doesn't care. Okay, they, I felt like they were thinking that I was poisoning them. Well, they may be thinking that, but I assure you that you're not. And uh, oh, But you're also, yeah. you're not going to harm the tree by fertilizing it later either. So if you want to wait and fertilize the tree, you know, after it finishes blooming in about a month or so, yeah, that's, that, I, that's I fine. Yeah, I planning on Valentine's Day to do it. And, oh, put it off, put it off. It's <laughs> not good for me. <laughs> okay. well, it's I not, not going to hurt the tree, Margaret. Thank you. Bye-bye. Yeah, thank you. Ah, Daisy and AJ. Good morning, Daisy. Oh, good morning. Thank you for uh, answering my call. I have a lot of questions. And uh, if it is too much, just let me know. We just cut it off. We try it see another week. Um, my first question is, I had a point that a plant left from Christmas. And you mentioned something like you can plant it 
and then you know watch it grow for a couple of years. Well, Daisy, so, if you, with, with, with keeping a poinsettia, they have two faults. The number one fault is that the white flies bother them in the summertime, and the number two uh-huh. fault is that they're frost tender. So you have to protect oh. it from those things. So it might be even easier to grow it on a patio as a patio plant, like on a south facing uh, patio in a pot. And decide. well, no, it's in a pot. I don't know what to do with it yet. Okay, so well, I don't want to kill well, it yet. You should transplant it now into a larger pot anyway than the one it came in. You know, they're grown in very small containers in the greenhouse so that we can move them around easily indoors. But if you want it to survive for the summer, I would start by putting it into a larger pot, say a five gallon container or so. Five gallon. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Uh, how often should I water it? Well, it's going to depend on the soil you use to pot it in. But, you know, tr- traditionally with most potting soils this time of year, you'd use water them a couple times a week. And in the summertime, oh. as it gets bigger, you might have to water it every day if you use a light potting soil. Oh. Okay. Okay. So, Daisy, I've got, I've got a pretty full board of callers here, so I'll tell you what, just a little hint. If you call next Sunday and you, you're the first caller, it's usually wide open phones for that first segment, and that's around okay. 7, and I'll get you in and we can get all your questions in. Okay. And then another uh, few quick questions is I bought some of these bulb things at a grocery store. Mm-hmm. They're planted in a uh, glass jar with water in it. Okay. And right now... It, it, it bloomed real well, and then it just died off. I was wondering, what shall I do to, you know, to keep them alive? Because I know they live a long time. Well, it depends on you what know. they are, but like an amaryllis, for okay. example, that will stay, you know, green. You could pot it into a pot with soil, and you could okay. pot, you know, keep it on a patio, just like we're talking about with oh, doing with okay. the poinsettia. And south it, it would do, south facings is ideal. Okay. And then, oh, okay. you know, what you'll have to do is you'll have to get it dark before it to come out or else some different kind of bulbs you might have to take out of the soil oh. and refrigerate for, from the okay. bloom again. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. Okay. The, the one, is, one is high in scent. I'm not yeah, sure if I yeah. pronounced it correctly. Yeah. And it, it'll, it'll come back in bloom. So Just get, put it in the soil. Well, you could plant, okay. plant it in the ground like on an eastern exposure. In the ground. Okay, oh. If you want to or, or in a pot. Okay. I'm going to let you go, but call back early next week. Okay. We'll get you in. Uh, Gus and Surprise. Good morning, Gus. Very good morning to you. How are you? Excellent, sir. Okay, I have a couple of questions. Two, I have a dwarf Valencia and a dwarf bear's lime, and this will be the third blooming with no fruit on either one. Is that typical? Mm, are they in the containers or in the ground? They're in the ground. They're both in the ground. They get watered with the pipelines and that, and I flood them out. Um, well, it depends yeah, they, on, they depends on how, how young they were when you started, Gus. I mean, if you started for a little four-inch pot or a five-gallon plant, you know, might take a couple of years. Yeah, they were they were either a ten or fifteen-gallon plant. Well, that, that big, but, they should yeah. they should be setting fruit now if they've had them for three years. Yeah, I get I get the blooms and then I get the little tiny uh, limes mm-hmm. and then I don't know if the birds are stealing them or not. But well, maybe they have to put know, a, they, uh, a lot of them shed off anyway, you know, and it's and they're, and they're still yeah. fairly young. But you know, if you had a Mexican lime, I, I guarantee you'd have a lot more fruit. Yeah, because my. Uh, um, Grapefruit tree, I've had fruit every year I've put it in, but the other two, no luck. And then my last question, sir, is on my basil plant that's gone the three, four foot tall, how far can I cut it back? To, you know, uh, I've got a friend that's stuff. got one that's five or six feet that he's had in the ground in this ideal location for several years. Yeah, but, yeah this might be my fourth season. So with, I, I'm uh, putting uh, it back by about a third. A third, mm-hmm. Okay. Again, I thank you so much for your time. Thanks, I'm getting impatient because I'm 64, but I'll get fruit out of these someday. <laughs> well, if not, you might be impatient and try a different variety. 
But uh, <laughs> yeah, Mexican limes are going to have a lot more fruit. And what was the other variety, well, Gus? It was the Valencia. Oh, uh, Valencia. That's you know about you know Valencias are a pretty hardy, pretty consistent bearing tree normally. But uh, how tall is it now? Yeah, um, I'll say it's right around four and a half, five foot. We've trimmed it a little bit here and there, but because it's a dwarf, it didn't need much trimming. Mm-hmm. And again, I get blooms. The smells are outstanding, but I don't get to a fruit. Well, this is next year, Gus, so keep your watering regular and uh, say yeah. a little prayer. So, you know, every year, we, farming, we always say there's next year. Well, this is the bloom cycle for next year, so <laughs> good luck, Gus. Yes, thank you for your time. Bye-bye. Uh, Leslie and Scottsdale. Good morning, Leslie. Uh, good morning. I have a question about canna lilies like should they be cut back well how long have you had them uh, leslie i've had them a year okay so you can cut them back to the ground if you want and it'll come back with beautiful new foliage okay and if you'd like to divide them and spread them a little bit you can or you could leave them you'll probably want to spread them after a couple more years but there's no reason to spread them the first year if you don't want to okay and should they be fed and if so with what well, they should be fed, and if you want the most magnificent blooms, you want to use a higher phosphate fertilizer. So, like the second number, you know, fertilizer comes with three numbers on the bag, like sixteen eight uh-huh. four, for example, something that's higher in phosphate. So, even even just regular old Miracle Grow is like fifteen thirty. So that's pretty high in phosphate. So that will really be a good fertilizer to use on them to get better blooms. And how often? Oh, if you use a liquid fertilizer like uh, you know something like the Miracle Grow, that's going to be done like once a month. And if you you know fertilize them three times this spring, you'll have beautiful blooms through the spring. And from the time you cut them back till they blooms about five or six weeks. Okay, wonderful. Thank you so much for your help. Thanks, Leslie. Bye bye, uh, Mark. Uh, let's see. Okay, well, I think you're in Phoenix. Oh, Mary Ashley in Phoenix. Hi, Mary. Hi, can you hear me? I can hear you well, yes. Uh-huh. Oh, okay. Yay. oh, great. Um, I have St. Augustine. I've lived in the house for uh, like almost 30 years, and I have a St. Augustine front lawn. And last year started to get some brown spots, and I was wondering what should I fertilize it with and be looking out for. Well, you, you know, you don't want to use a lot of different weed chemicals. Can, they can burn, you know, different with St. Augustine than the regular lawn. But if you wanted to build up the, you know, the thing, you know, for the long run, you could use something like the Milarganite we talked about earlier. And that's going to release. It's going to last a lot longer in the soil than uh, if you use a regular synthetic fertilizer like a 21714. But, you know, either one will work fine. It's a little early to fertilize. I'd probably fertilize towards the end of March. And that uh, would be the best time. And if you would want something that would last for a long time, you know, I, I would use the melargonite. Now, the other thing to watch for with St. Augustine is make sure you don't get fungus. So if you lose some patches in the summertime, you want to be mindful of that fact and make sure you don't get a fungus. How do you water? Um, normally, I water around 530 in the morning. How often? Um, and I try to water... Like every two to three days, it's a thirsty lawn. Okay. Depends on your soil type. So, yeah, I mean, that's the case. You know, what you want to do when you water those, put a capturing device out there, whether it's a pie tin or a tuna can or coffee cup. You want to make sure you put about an inch of water at a time and then take a screwdriver and push it in the ground. When it's dry, it won't go in easy and then water again. And that's how you set your frequency. Okay. Because, yeah, it, it never had had much, you know, kind of attention and it had done really well at 
Mm-hmm. But, but like I said, the first time I've ever seen brown spots and they spread really quickly. So maybe that is that. Well, fungus you thing. can have a fungus or you can have scale too. So what you might do is go out and dig up on the edge where one of those brown spots were and see if you see any like little orange colored BBs. And that would be pearl scale. So you'd have to treat for that. If not, if it just kind of died, did it come back in the, in the patches? It, it did. It came back. Okay. It just took some time. Yeah, so it's, you know, typically a fungus or, or pearl scale. Neither one of those things is self-curing for the long run. You know, you might, might come back this year in August if it's a fungus. So you just have to Great. watch for it. Mary, thanks Okay, for thank call. you so much. Have a happy Sunday. Bye-bye. Uh, we're going to take a short break. While we're gone, we do have two lines open. The number to call is 602-277-5827-277-KTAR. Sunday morning. I want to take a minute and invite you out to Whitfields. You know, Whitfields, we grow trees. And we have here in the Valley for four generations. If you need trees, any size, any size, from 15-gallon citrus to 30-foot date palms, you know, from desert trees like mesquites and ironwoods to traditional trees like fruitless olives and ash and elm, come out and see us. We deliver plant and guarantee we're licensed, bought, and insured. Our original store is at 824 East Glendale. We're in the East Valley at Cooper, which is the same as Stapley and Guadalupe, or 26470 Southern Avenue. Avenue, Southern Avenue, straight south of the Sky Harbor Airport. Whitfield Nursery for four generations, growing trees here for Arizona's future. Well, let's see what we got up next. We've got, it looks like, uh, Terry in Scottsdale. Hello, Terry. Hi there. How are you? Excellent. Well, I bought a Meyer lemon from you yesterday, a 15-gallon, and I just want to know if I should mix sand with the mulch and 
dirt. Where do you live, Terry? What cross streets? 104th Street and Cactus. Didn't need it up there. Your, your soil should drain pretty darn well. Um, you know, I would I would add about one third uh, compost or mulch in. You know, with the soil you take okay. out, and a couple critical things: make sure the trunk stays wrapped to protect it from the sun. Okay, and the first time when you water it, take the hose and throw it in the hole after you got the tree in there, and water from the bottom up, and that'll take out any air pockets you might have. And then you could fertilize it a couple of weeks after you planted it, just with moderate dose of fertilizer once a month for the summer, and stand back. The Meyer lemon will grow very fast. Okay, I bought some of the uh, citrus food um, from you guys. So, like, what, quarter cup or how much? Yeah, a quarter cup. Just a light dose in, in around the well would be perfect. And, and do it once a month. Just keep it up. Okay, great. Well, thank you very much. Thanks, Terry. Bye-bye. Uh, let's see. Chris and Scott still. Hello, Chris. Hey, good morning. Hey, got a quick question for you. And I'm figuring I probably should have called you first. But I, I planted a couple of lavender in for east facing but it's under a really tall um, pine tree so it really gets intermittent sun and then nothing obviously in the afternoon is it going to make it is it uh, and, it'll uh, probably grow that? fine chris it won't bloom as well you know in that much shade you know it would like a little more shade if it was planted on the you know further away from the tree but when it gets back under the canopy of the tree it'll probably grow okay it's just not going to flower as much okay that's good well at least i don't have to plan on transplanting something else soon so that's great appreciate your uh Appreciate your word. Thanks, Chris. Bye-bye. Uh, Peter in the Santan Valley. Good morning, Peter. Hey, Brian. How are you doing? Excellent. So I got a bougainvillea, torch bougainvillea, I think it is, but it, it grows like a tree. It's got a big old, not a big old trunk, but it's got a good-sized trunk on it. So, But uh, storms a couple of years ago fell over, and I've got it shored up, but it's not coming in as good as the other bougainvilleas I got. In the yard. Well, it's by nature going to grow a little different, Peter. Does it have a single trunk coming up, or does it kind of multiply, you know, branch out from the ground? <laughs> it's got a single trunk, and then it's got a branch, like maybe a foot above it, okay, above you, the ground. You might want to just start over and cut it off down, you know, close to ground level, and it grow back up, and you know, to a okay. kind of form, and it'll come back real pretty. I'd, I'd wait about three or four weeks, let it warm up a little bit, start growing. Then you could just whack it, and it'll come back and make a pretty plant. Okay. Thanks for all the call, right. Pete. Good. Have a nice weekend. Uh, let's see. Pam, Lucy, and Sean, I'll take you all off the air, folks. And uh, appreciate the calls and all being part of the program today. And it's, uh, I really admire these Ukrainians for uh, standing up against an autocrat and people coming in. And uh, it shows that there's hope in the world. And hopefully we can help work together with them as a team uh, you know, to free the oppression that we have in this country and this world at times. And uh, it's, it's our duty as, as good citizens of this planet to work together, love each other. But Kudos uh, to the Ukrainian people. Pretty amazing. Appreciate all the calls today, folks. Go out and enjoy your day, and uh, you know whatever we can do to help our brothers throughout the planet makes a difference. We'll be back with you next week with the Whitfield Nursery Garden Show. Come by and see us at the nursery. We got some beautiful plants, and uh, maybe you need a little color. It looks like spring is here. It's the perfect time to get them installed, and so it's a great time to be out and do a little gardening here around uh, the state. And remember to be kind uh, to others, and especially those who we disagree with. And uh, it's the teamwork that makes it successful, and it's the teamwork that. Helping those Ukrainians fend off the uh, the adversary over there, and hopefully they'll do well. 
Anyway, if we can support them however we can with prayers, love, and uh, perhaps even with weapons. 